Welcome to the Philly Breakdown with your boy Colton Turns. And wow, 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 what a Phillies opening day. Of course, the Phillies made it dramatic, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. On today's episode, we are breaking down the opening day matchup versus the Atlanta Braves. But first, a quick introduction on who I am, since this is the debut episode of the Philly Breakdown. So, I am a former Phillies and Eagles grounds crew member, and as you could guess, I live for Philly sports, and I'm excited to bring you this podcast, and I couldn't be happier that you've taken the time out to listen, and I'll be discussing throughout the series of episodes all of our Philly sports team's latest news and game recaps, but since the Phillies want to go ahead and start the season on some crazy shit, this will be a strictly Philly pod. So with that being said, let's go ahead and break down the Phillies 2021 opening day. It was nice to have things almost back to normal with fans in the stands. And I say almost because let's be honest, if this was a normal Phillies opening day, that stadium would have been flooded with fans. There would have been rally towels all over the place. It would have been a sea of red. But you know what? I'll take it. I'm not complaining. The 80 or 800 fans that were allowed in were loud. They were ready to go. And it was great hearing them on the radio. I listened to part of the game on the radio and the other on the TV broadcast. The fans were loud. I heard them the whole time. An exciting game from start to finish. So first things first, the Phillies number one. Aaron Nola took the noun. Aaron Nola finished with six and two-thirds. Six hits, two earned runs, six strikeouts, which is right up his alley. And one thing I took from this game, and it's so consistent in Nola's game, is he is so calm throughout his outings. The fastball, the curveball, man on first, man on second. He is so steady with all of his deliveries. His off-speed pitches were hitting. The fastball was working and had great movement. And I got to give it to Joe Girardi. And props to his staff. They've learned from past mistakes and past coaching, you know, coaching staffs. He needs to keep this trend alive. That when Philly pitchers are throwing straight gas and they are humming, just straight throwing fucking cheese. Don't pull them. I don't give a shit about pitch count. I don't care about inning restrictions. Nola is a horse and you got to let that horse gallop. That's what true aces do and that's the path that nola is on everyone says nola's not a true ace well let's let the fucking guy be a true ace and let him throw heat and let him throw extended innings that strikeout at the top of the six to end the inning that was some ace shit right there and he's showing glimpses and glimpses of pure ace shit but you know what damn the two-run home run in the seventh that tied up the game to, what, who was it, Pablo Sandoval, that tied the game up, two runs each. And you know what, that was Nola's day. But that was a solid outing by the club's number one. No doubt about that. Great opening day by Aaron Nola. So let's keep going. Let's start off with the leadoff hitter. Let's go to some position players. Let's start off with Andrew McCutcheon. Four at-bats, one hit with one run scored, which we needed. And okay, McCutcheon 
two years removed from the ACL tear. And this guy is a swaggy vet. Just a guy who has been there, done that. Was the franchise player in the Berg for a bit. Won an MVP with them in 2013. Then saw stints with the Giants and the dirty-ass Yankees before coming to the Fightins. And I love having a guy like this on the roster. You can tell he loves the city. He he embraces everything we do. My That whole Uncle Larry thing he's got going on, it's kind of weird, but like I'm down with it. He's cool. It's cool. But my only thing is he's our leadoff hitter, right? The leadoff hitter. He's 34. We'll turn 35 in October when the Phillies are in the playoffs. Mark my words. And when I think of a conventional leadoff hitter, I think of someone who's got less wear and tear on their body and is more of a threat on the base pass. And I understand why Joe Girardi, he's a smart manager. I understand why Joe put him there. But if this was a perfect world and on this roster specifically, Roman Quinn would be the ideal leadoff hitter on this team. And Roman would be starting in center field. Roman's a top three, if not the fastest Top three fastest, if not the fastest, player in Major League Baseball. We're talking game-changing speed. But Roman's problem is the fucking guy can't stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he can't get on base to use his speed. So Andrew McCutcheon leading off is ideal for the beginning of the season, especially when opposing pitchers know his history and they got to respect him at the top of the lineup. So I get it. But I'm just saying... It concerns me, and it will concern me going forward towards the season if this is going to be a red October season, which I think it will be. Next player, Reese Hoskins. Five at-bats, one hit, one run, zero RBIs. And I'll take that from Reese today. But let me tell you something about Reese. This season in 2021, we don't need another fucking average, below average season from Reese Hoskins. I believe the key to how far this Phillies team will go. Because they are a playoff team. I believe Hoskins will determine how far this Phillies team goes. Because the Phillies lineup will be hard to get through. Every night it's going to be hard to get through by opposing pitchers. They're going to score runs. But if we get some of that late 2017 Reese or 2018 race, fuck it, just some, not all, just some, this Phillies lineup will do damage. Remember when Reese first came up? Like when he first came up, late 2017, he broke the franchise record for fastest player to 30 home runs. Then in 2018, he became the fastest Phillies player to 100 RBIs, and it took him 124 games. Insane shit, right? If we get some of that, and he stays consistent, that's Reese's problem, consistency. We'll be having a red October, like I'm saying. Deep red October. All right, next guy, you already know, JT Real Muto. Did JT Real Muto things. Four at-bats, two hits, one RBI, and one amazing defensive play that saved a run, an extra innings, top of the 10th, a throw from, of all people, Roman Quinn. He caught the ball, applied the tag at the same fucking time, best catcher in baseball by far. Wild. 
that the Phillies fan base, we did this, actually. The fan base actually had to have a complete movement to re-sign this guy. Remember the whole hashtag sign JT thing that took over the whole offseason? We did that. And God bless us, and God bless JT Real Muto. And that's all I got to say about that. JT will do nothing but improve for the rest of the season. Him and the rest of the team in that bullpen will benefit from JT being on the team. Please stay healthy. Now, from one all-star to the next, my guy, our guy, Bryce Harper did good as well today. Four at-bats, one hit, one run, one RBI, one walk. He had that oppo in the fifth inning that would have left the park, but Mother Nature is undefeated, and that wind made it stay in the yard. Now, hold on. Bryce continues to still be aggressive on base pass, and I love it, but it's hit or miss. You can start a good rally or kill momentum. And in this case, in the third inning, when he tried to stretch it out to third, when he already had second, it put a stop to a rally. Even though all five umpires got the call wrong during the replay, and that's besides the point, but they fucked up. He was safe. But that's the price you take when you get a little greedy instead of taking the base that was given to you. But hell, I love Bryce Harper, though. I mean, how, how do you not? He is no doubt the heart of this team. And this is the year, you know, this is the year we need that MVP out of him. You know, we signed him to a contract, a 13-year, $330 million contract at the age of 26. Now, I'm not crazy, and you're not crazy, to want at least one MVP out of him while he's in a Phillies uniform. Let me bring that back. 13-year contract. $330 million at the age of 26. We can get an MVP, right? I don't think that's crazy. And you know what? Bryce is the type of guy, he's the type of guy who can and does accept that role. So we'll see how that works out. And finally, finally, the hero of 2021 opening day for the Philadelphia Phillies, it's crazy because as the game was going on, I was writing the notes for the pod. And I had this guy come up and I was like, gonna rip him. I swear I was. And then I, the game, as the game progressed, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Gene fucking Singura, the 2018 All-Star, the hero. Five at-bats, two hits, one huge RBI. The hero of the Phillies, 2021 opening day. Is this a sign of great things to come for him? When we made the trade to get him prior to the 2019 season, the fan base was excited. I was excited. This is a guy who plays great defense. He is expandable in the infield. He can play wherever. Offensively, he's not bad. He does what he needs to do. I ain't mad at him. He batted 280 in 2019. 264 in 2020, which was a wash, pandemic, 60 games, yada, yada, yada. I want to see him hit that 290-300 mark like he did with Seattle in 2018. This was a great start for him to begin the season. But you know what? You know what? Great, great job by him. Great start by him. But this was a team win. This, wasn't, this was the Phillies as a whole, like a great team win. And you know what? I believe that the Phillies will find themselves in situations like this all year. And unlike heroes like 
Stan Gilroy or like Alec Bohm, uh, uh fuck it, Adam Hazley. There will be heroes of the game just like this. That's just the lineup we have this year. And I'm fucking stoked to see how this season unfolds. The rotation looks good. We got Wheeler coming up next. The bullpen has improved. Our offense is there. 162 wins, zero losses is still alive. For now. And you know what? We'll end it there. We'll end it there. On the next episode of the Philly Breakdown, I know this is quick, but you know, this is the first episode, it's the debut. I'm coming off the Phillies high. But on the next episode of the Philly Breakdown, with the playoffs looming, big names have moved across the league. How does this affect the NBA and our Sixers in the long run? Are we still a favorite to reach the the Eastern Conference? We'll talk about that. Should Embiid even rejoin the team to the playoffs start? Why risk it, right? Why risk it? Who knows? And the NFL and the quarterback carousel that is very much still in motion and the draft quickly approaching. What are the birds plans now that they've traded back from the sixth pick to the 12th pick? And now that they've acquired a hall of first round picks, what does this mean for next year? Is it a call for Deshaun Watson? Maybe Russell Wilson. And more importantly, what does this do for my guy, Jalen Hurts? Don't do my man dirty. Plus more Phillies updates and recaps. This is the Philly Breakdown with your boy Colton Turns. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. (laughs) 